So then I realized, whoa, that's how the whole world works. Yeah. The entire world is built on the huge profit margin on processing down plant foods, mainly. Mm. Plant foods are the cheapest, they're subsidized, they're monocropped, and they have the highest markup, they have the longest shelf life, all that stuff. And it, anything to do with animal foods, whether it be protein or fat, it's shorter shelf life, higher costs, right? But that's also where all the health is. Morning. Welcome to the show, fam. Um, today, we've got a doozy for you. We go a bit all over the map. We have callers talking about eye floaters. We talk about gout, healing after a miscarriage, and how to just level up our health in every way, shape, or form. But the core topic of today's conversation is really about big food as an industry, as this giant that is affecting all of our lives, is really making it very difficult for people to reclaim their radical health because the system is not really designed to set people up for success. The system maybe doesn't even really want radically healthy people because a broken system with broken incentives profits off broken people. And when we heal, we're no longer broken, but we're not that valuable to the system. But we know we're valuable to ourselves. We know we're valuable to our tribes. We're valuable to our people. And that's why we have to take a stand for radical health. We have to be courageous. We have to be willing to go against the grain and reject the normal and standard information. Because if we do what is normal, then look at what normal gets us today. Normal is sick. Normal is unhealthy. Normal is insulin resistant. Normal is not happy. It's stressed. It's divided. It's living in fear. What radical health is, is living in alignment, courageous, healthy, connected to tribe, community, hungry for more, a better future for you, your families, and everything in between. So we talk about all kinds of stuff in today's podcast. Something that's very empowering is this ability to take back our personal responsibility and to be a part of being the change we wish to see in the world by voting with our dollar and creating demand within these systems to make healthy mainstream, not to make sickness the norm, but to make health the norm, to make radical health the thing that we're striving for. And that if we do that individually, little bit by little bit, we actually affect this change. We, we reverse it. We become the ripple effect that leads to big change because these changes, as you'll learn in the show, are not going to come from the top down. They're a grassroots movement of each of us doing our part with what we've got and where we're at right now to enact change, to vote with our dollar, and to be a part of facilitating the change that we wish to see in the world. Let's dive in. What's up, Radical Health Radio listeners? We have a very special guest today on the show. Mr. Brian Sanders is going to be talking to me today all about the big food industry, this monster of processed food, manipulation of data, and food lies, and really what that means for us as the consumer. We're products of this system, right? And I think we all know that this system is not producing radically healthy people. So we're going to be talking all about that. We're going to be diving into some of our core messaging here with Radical Health Radio, which is the elimination of processed foods. I'm really going to be probing Brian on why are these such a problem and why are these so pervasive in our culture? Why are our grocery stores and supermarkets filled with this food-like substance masquerading as food, uh, but really robbing us of vitality and nutrition. We know if you eliminate processed foods and you start prioritizing the food that comes from nature, returning more to this ancestral way of living, this natural way of living, that radical health closely follows from that place. But that doesn't mean that it's as easy as snapping our fingers and just eating this because it's everywhere, right? It's there, it's convenient. But when we make easy choices in life, Life often gets hard, so we have to make the harder choices to deprioritize that food, start eating the food that comes from nature, and really reclaim our health. Take a stand against these food lies. Take a stand for our sovereignty and reclaim our health because health is wealth. So without further ado, let's introduce today's guest. Mr. Brian Sanders is a man of many talents, a engineer turned docu-series maker and the brainchild behind the documentary Food Lies. He's also a podcast host himself. He is a health coach. 
And like I said, uh, a local here to Austin and a man of many talents and a powerhouse and a juggernaut standing up to the food systems. So Brian, welcome to the show, my friend. It's very good to have you here. The first thing that I want to know is a little bit about the story. What takes a person from growing up and getting into the world of, you know, going into the education system all the way to wanting to take a stand against big food, wanting to take a stand and stand up against these food lives. Tell me a little bit about your story and why that's so important. Yeah, I started as a mechanical engineer. I had no idea I'd ever get into health. I was going along with the dietary guidelines, kind of just living my life and not thinking about much. And that same thing happened with my parents. And so my story really starts when I was 30. So that's kind of the time when health catches up to a lot of people mm -hmm. and you can't just do whatever you want anymore. And it's also the time where I sadly lost both of them mm -hmm. around that time, uh, Alzheimer's and cancer. And so obviously that's a big wake up call. And part of the problem was they were following those guidelines. A lot of people say, hey, no one follows the guidelines. Like, no, people follow the guy. It's not like they print it out and put it on the fridge, but we were doing it. We, you know, we grew up in Hawaii. We had clean air, clean water. We were sort of exercising. We were doing all the right things. They were making our own food. We didn't go to restaurants. Mm. Like it was a huge treat to go out to eat, to go to McDonald's once a month, you know, that we didn't do that. We cooked at home. We made the, we used the low fat products. We used chicken breasts. We didn't eat red meat. We had all the whole grains, whole wheat, pasta, the whole thing, like the food pyramid said, but it didn't serve them. Right. It ultimately got them these chronic diseases catch up to people later. So you don't really see these effects right away. And you know, you think you're doing the right thing. It's a classic gain a pound each year, gain yeah. a medication each year. Next thing you know, they, they're not obese or anything. They just had sort of this visceral fat belly, right? Mm -hmm. That no one knew what visceral fat was. I didn't certainly didn't know what it was until now nowadays. And I look back, I'm like, okay, so they had prediabetes, they had visceral fat around their belly, and then they developed all these chronic diseases. So yeah, just quit my job. I, I was in tech. I was in mechanical engineering. I had two different careers and I just went full time into this food lies series six and a half years ago. So it sounds very much like your pain became your purpose. Almost your, your desperation became a motivating factor to potentially help other people avoid the same pitfalls that you were probably seeing in yourself, but certainly saw play out tragically for the case of your parents. But there's a very interesting point though. You said they were doing everything right, right? And they still got these health outcomes that were negative. These health outcomes that a lot of people are doing everything right, but seeming to slowly get sicker, slowly get weaker. And these things, like you said, creep up. So where's the disconnect there? If you're doing everything right, but the health comes and what they should be, what's actually going on? Maybe you're not doing everything right. Well, maybe that information is wrong. Mm. And yeah, that's kind of my main thesis is people are trying. I mean, some people just aren't, yes. right? You see the guys, they're eating the Doritos and Mountain Dew and they're just, I don't care. And they're 400 pounds. Yeah. Not talking about those people. Most people are trying to do the right thing. No yeah. one wants to be fat and sick yet. We've ended up here, right? No one wants to overeat. Everyone's like, Hey, just don't overeat, balance your calories, all that type of stuff. Here's the information. No one wants to be fat and sick. Yeah. They're trying, everyone's trying to balance their calories. It's just not working. So the information is wrong. That's kind of the crux of the film and everything that I do online in the past six and a half years is get, telling people that you have the wrong information. It's not that you have bad genetics and you're just doomed to be obese. Yeah. It's not that, you know, we should just love everyone for their size. Yeah, we can, but that doesn't mean we can't work towards health and we can't say that that's healthy to be overweight. And it's, it's healthy to, you know, just live this lifestyle. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that, man. I think something you said there is really empowering is you're not the failure, right? If you were playing a game that was set up to fail you, that's not your fault, but it does point at a, a problem, which is if you were playing the wrong game, you are going to fail, but now we need to play a new game. And if we don't know the rules of this new game, then where do we start? So from your perspective, you spent a lot of time now digging into this. Why is this a problem? Where's this information coming from? Where are the conflicts of interest? And obviously you've now started to devise a map that sets people up for success. So what do you think in this food system are some of the bigger food lies and how can we start to play a game that's stacked in our favor so that we might win and we might find our radical health? What are some of the big things that really stand out for you though? The biggest things I always go with 
meat is good, processed foods are bad. Mm. And, and that seems obvious to us, but everything in the media is telling you to avoid meat. Yes. Right? Avoid meat, avoid fat. People, I mean, people probably know this or listening. Um, on the other but we need to wake up, you know, their relatives, their yeah. friends, their family, stuff like that. And then on the other side is that the processed food part. A lot of people don't even know what processed foods are. Everyone yeah. knows, okay, a Twix bar. Yeah, that's processed foods. You go in and you see Twizzlers. Okay. Bread is a processed food. Pasta is yeah. a processed food. People think, oh, well, yeah, I just, it's pasta. It's one ingredient. Like, no, no, that's not one ingredient. This yeah. is a highly refined thing that has a whole, you know, like 20 step process to get to your plate. That's yeah. a lot of refining, a lot of monocropping, a lot of pesticides, a lot of stuff going on. And just ask a normal person, bread, healthy, pasta, healthy, right? So we need to change that paradigm. That That is like these food lies that are pushed by the food manufacturers, by the big medical system. It's really every system is built on these food lies because it makes them money. Yeah. Right. And I have the tagline, the profits and the processing. Yeah. And I've learned this. So another thing I do is I have a company called Nose to Tail and I sell regenerative, like good, well-raised meat raised in Texas. I don't make any money off it. Yeah. I actually have never made money off it. It's almost just like a side thing I do. And then hopefully I make money off something else someday. Yeah. Because there are so many costs involved in raising good meat, putting whole foods, getting them to people. And I realized, wow. If I was smart, I would have just made some sort of keto bar yeah. or something. You know, it's like I could have had some packaged item that cost me 10 cents per package. I could sell it for $3. And so then I realized, whoa, that's how the whole world works. Yeah. The entire world is built on the huge profit margin on processing down plant foods. Mainly mm. plant foods are the cheapest. They're subsidized. They're monocropped and they have the highest markup. They have the longest shelf life, all that stuff. And it, anything to do with animal foods whether it be protein or fat it's shorter shelf life higher cost right but it's also where all the health is yeah yeah so what i'm hearing you say is essentially that our healthiest foods have been demonized because they can potentially be the least profitable and actually that healthy people may be not so profitable to a system that depends on people that are dependent on the system that that we really don't have a healthcare system as much as we have a sick care system and there seems to be a lot of crossover and collusion between these big manufacturers of processed foods with high profit margins and their ability to steer the narrative. And this is something that you've done a lot of investigation into. When we think about big food as an entity, it's like a three-headed hydra, right? That if you cut one head off, it grows back even stronger and even bigger. And it's just further gathering this momentum of like red meat bad and plant-based good. And you're now standing in the crosshairs of that and saying no right? Red meat, good. Mm -hmm. Processed food, bad. And it's step number two in our seven step framework is eliminate processed food because of all of these health implications, right? The, the, the hyper palatable nature of it. The fact that nobody can really control how much of this stuff they eat. And I know I've been there. I've taken down the family size bags of chips. I've ate the pints of ice cream. You are literally a, a product of this food system, this scientific experiment that's perfectly designing this. But my biggest question to you is, why? Why is this going on? Is it all about profits? Is it, is it just purely comes down to the numbers? And like you said, if you follow the numbers, it'll kind of tell the story. And if that's the case, what is the solution? It, it seems like you're trying to be part of the solution with regenerative agriculture and putting good food back into the system. At a personal level for the listener, how do we empower people to really reclaim that and really stand up against big food? What's some of the stuff mm. you have there? So first of all, uh, limiting processed food is the single biz biggest intervention that I've seen yeah. in the, all these years. I talked to a lot of doctors. I interview a lot of people for the film and for my podcast. Number one thing, you got it. Number two on your radical health, eliminate processed foods. But that's hard, right? That's yeah. it's hard for people to do. They're everywhere. Uh, we'll get into that later. But I, I guess that the motivations, I do like to look into why i've always asked why people are like yeah why people say oh you didn't balance calories that's why you're over I'm like why mm -hmm. so why does someone overeat i don't care that they did overeat we know that they overeat why why yeah. why, why? <laughs> so with the the food system i mean it it's in place right it, it's there you can't change it it was built on money it was built on profit people didn't have evil intentions 
you know, I don't believe that there's maybe there's like, you know, 0.1% of people are actually psychopaths. Yeah. Right. But most people, they're just like, Hey, I'm providing cheap food for people. Right. And that, Hey, I'm, you know, this is Monsat. I mean, we, we made this great thing called glyphosate and it helps more people grow food and get more food to people. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it's not built on evil per se. It's built, it is built on profit and is a machine and we can't really get out of the system quickly. The best thing to do is get yourself out of the system. Mm. I, I like that people are trying to change systems. Like some of the people in the film, Nina Teichels is an example. Yeah. She wrote the big fat surprise, yeah. great book. She has a nutrition coalition. You know, she's trying to go to the top yeah. in Washington, DC, trying to change policy, but that's, you know, her, Yes, you have to change your system and just get out of it. And I love it. I love making these little memes, little things online about yeah. any, like 80% of people follow the guidelines. They get sicker each year, 20% do the opposite and get healthier yeah. each year, stuff like that. It's like, people have to realize that you have to just reject these the big messaging out there and just completely really do the opposite. A lot of the time, <laughs> right? It's funny. It's like, it's, it's so sad how it's so opposite. Yeah. It, it, it's not like, oh, you know, just tweak it a little. No, it's like, it's opposite. Yeah, it sounds crazy, right? Yeah. I, I, I reflect on my journey and it's very similar to what you're saying. Almost the more I rejected the mainstream ideas and ideals, not just with diet, but even just with the way that we live our lives, it seems the more I've been able to really step into reclaiming my health and, you know, building this framework for radical health that we're here talking about today. So what I'm hearing you say is, we can remain hopeful that some of these changes may come from a top-down place, but it's probably not that realistic, at least in a short-term, you know, kind of solution. So it's a really about personal responsibility. It's really about knowing that no one's coming to save you. The government isn't all of a sudden going to start subsidizing grass-fed meat. They're probably mm -hmm. going to continue to push this narrative, um, demonize meat, and kind of keep driving ultra-processed foods. So it's, it's really up to us to kind of educate ourselves and then get into the implementation of reclaiming that. What do you think, you said eliminating processed foods is a really big step for people. What do you think, why is that so difficult? And what do you think is something that they can prioritize over the processed food that will help this transition a little bit easier? Yeah, well, like you said, it's designed to make you overeat. You know, I do interview these food scientists, people that talk about bliss point and they talk about, yeah. how, you know, these fake flavorings and how it tricks your body into thinking. I, I love Mark Schatzker. He wrote a book called, uh, Dorito effect. Hmm. And he talks about how we humans have wired to want vitamins, minerals, protein, Yeah, right? This, we have this innate sense of like what gives us that even without knowing what it was. Animals have this sense yeah. too. We've done tests and the other guy, Fred Provenza does these studies and they can blind animals and they will know what they need. Yeah. Right? right. So these flavors hijack that. So you think you're getting all this flavor says that I'm getting minerals and vitamins and you're not. Yeah. Right. So you, yeah, you're set up to fail. Uh, you have to, I guess, practically what I like to tell people in the highest, highest level is take your diet. Everyone likes to eat a certain foods, right? Like I'm not going to say that everyone has to eat beef, although everyone's listening probably loves a lot of beef, but you have your diet, you know, I like to eat some sauerkraut. I like to eat beef. I like to eat eggs. You know, I have these certain things. So you don't need to change that. What you need to do is look at your diet and what are the most processed things in it? Yeah. For some people, for me, it was just, it used to be bread. Yeah. I used to have bread and bagels, uh, like bagel sandwiches and pasta, just stuff like that. So it's like, how about you just get rid of the most processed things? Just like pick a few things and then add double the protein Yeah. instead. It's so simple because you're not telling, you, I didn't tell anyone what foods to eat. All I told was, is there's a 20% of your diet that's not good. And yeah. you probably know that, right? People know what, what they're eating that's probably not knowing. Uh, yeah, but I like tortillas. I'm like, okay, let's just put down the tortillas and add two extra eggs. Yeah. You know, like that will get people going. Yeah. I think what you're doing there as well is you're, you're focusing on a, a problem and a solution at the same time. The problem, like you said, is these foods keep you hungry. And it's very interesting to think about, right? Because we have this paradigm in our culture of being overfed, but undernourished. Like we can look at our expanding waistlines 
but internally we're starving. We're literally starving for nutrition, right? We've got 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 calories going down the hatch, but our body is in this forager mode of looking for nutrition because it's not getting the nutrients. So what you're doing is let's deprioritize this a little bit. Let's double the protein. And I think what you're actually doing there is you're increasing satiety, right? We know protein is incredibly satiating. It's filling. And when you're full and you're satisfied, you're not as likely to go looking for those chips, right? You're not as likely to want or crave it because we kind of have this like protein forager built into us. All animals, even the plant-based animals, you know, those are the ones that eat for 12 hours a day because they're trying to get enough protein, right? More of our carniv carnivorous ancestors can eat just one big meal because they get that big bolus of protein. So there's something magical in what you just said, I think, about deprioritizing those hyper-refined foods that keep you hungry and putting in its place something that fills you up and keeps keeps you satiated. Is that a fair analogy? This is my favorite topic ever is satiety. No one cares about it. Yeah. It's also nutrient density. Bingo. It's kind of the same thing you're, you're talking about. It's also this nutrient to energy ratio, Yeah, which we're going to get into in the film. Yeah. And it, they're all revolve around the same thing, which it, and protein leverage hypothesis yeah. is another thing that you mentioned. Uh, it, that's really what it's all about is my tips really just raise your nutrient to energy ratio. Yeah. So nutrients are protein, fats, minerals, and some, well, proteins, vitamins, minerals, and some fats, right? Yes. Essential fatty acids, good fats, and your energy are fats and carbs. Yeah. And if you increase your nutri nutrient to energy ratio, basically you're gonna improve your body composition. You're giving your body what it needs yeah. with less of the energy. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a very simple concept, but people don't think about food in that way. Yeah. Like if I'm overweight, I have energy on my body. My body wants nutrients, Yeah. but it doesn't need any more energy. Mm. Okay, super simple. How about I eat more nutrients in my diet, protein, vitamins, minerals, and eat less energy, and then my body can release its fat stores and burn it off, whoa. And so that's all we're doing. We're increasing the nutrient to energy ratio. We're using protein leverage, we're using satiety. Another thing, yes, satiety, huge. I love it. Satiety per calories, huge, just like, foods that give you natural satiation, yeah. then you won't eat too much. So you just hit some of the points that we really focus on here. And, and number one, of course, is we're, we're always thinking about this elimination of processed food, but now you brought in this terminology of nutrient density. And our step number one, the thing that we think is a low hanging fruit that everybody can start doing relatively easy is to include nature's multivitamins, the true superfoods of our culture, which are organs. How do you feel about organs and the nutrient density and the bioavailability? And I know some people get a little bit weird about the whole like go in and start eating organs and stuff like mm -hmm. that, but you've studied a lot of this. You understand this, these are these leveraging processes, this nutrient density. What's your take on organs in the human diet? Love organs. Yeah, it's great that there is some good science being done because a lot of science seems uh, industry funded, bogus agenda. But actually, if you just go to the USDA, if you go to any data table about nutrient density, all the organs are at the top. So yes. at least they got that right. So this is undisputed. All the organ meats have the most nutrient density, especially liver. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I called my company Nose to Tail. Yeah. Right. Let's Bingo. eat Nose to Tail. I went uh, with the Hadza actually, uh, it was two years ago now. Yeah. Saladino was there. Amazing. Uh, we, we, we visited with them. They got the animal. Like, like I read about, they go straight for the liver. They take the guts out, they cut up some liver, they gave me some raw liver immediately. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is huge part. I know it's makes people squeamish. Yeah. I know there's ways to get into your diet. I know uh, heart and soil has some good ways. Yeah. I have some ways I, you know, grind up organ meats and put it in burgers. Yeah. Right. There's, there's many ways to make it so you don't have to just, you know, shove it in your mouth straight. Yeah, exactly. We want to remain accessible to people. You don't have to start eating your raw organs right off the bat. And if you want to get some amazing supplements from Brian's links or from Heart and Soil and some of our, you know, easy, accessible and digestible ways to get them in, we can always do that. So what we actually have the opportunity to do now, which is really cool, is to bring some callers onto the show and kind of riff a little bit and get some kind of interaction here. Mm. So we're going to actually um, get some callers in and we're going to answer the questions. And I believe that we have Stephen on the line calling in from California and uh, we're going to bring him into the show and um, yeah, we'll do some question answering. How's that sound? I love it. Let's do it. Hello. Hello, Stephen. How are you? 
Good. How are you? Doing very well, my friend. What's your question today? Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah. Um, so my wife, uh, we had a miscarriage about, uh, well, she had the miscarriage <laughs> about four months ago. And uh, since then, you know, just dealing with a lot of postpartum deals, you know, just kind of up and down with hormones and yeah. all that kind of fun stuff. So I just wanted to see, you know, what, what you guys would recommend for, you know, the type of stack or anything like that to, uh, to help her out. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Stephen. I'm I'm very sorry for your loss there, and I appreciate you you know calling in and trying to trying to set this thing right and heal as much as you can. So there's a couple of ways I would look at something like this, and and you know number one is obviously being a really strong support system for your wife as she goes through the healing process of this, and you know that's you know keeping stress levels low and really being there and understanding that you know this is a grieving process and it can take time whilst also looking at the tangible steps that we can take to rebalance and support the body's natural ability to come back into a fertile state and really optimize for nutrition. So um, what we always prioritize, and we've been talking about it today with Brian, is this addition of beef organs as a nature's multivitamin to really clear up or, or kind of take care of any nutrient deficiencies and nutrient in inadequacies but also kind of combining that with the perfect one-two combination of add in the organs and eliminate the processed foods. And I think that's gonna be really important here for kind of creating a low state that's high energy, that's nutrient rich, because it's really all gonna come down to this stress piece to get your wife back to a place where her body feels safe to reproduce again. Right. If the body's inflamed, if there's a lot of stress present, it doesn't necessarily send signals that it's a very abundant environment to reproduce. So the big one two combination, I would say, is really prioritizing those those um, those nature's multivitamins, you know, the liver, the kidneys, the heart, the spleen. I think beef organs is a very great place to start and we'll hook you up with our health and success team to get you some of those and support you on this journey and really focusing on the elimination of these processed foods to kind of create some homeostasis in the body, some balance and support that with kind of the lifestyle factors of going through something that's really challenging. But I really want to hand this over to Brian here and hear what he's got to say on, on, on a question like this to see if you can add anything there. Yeah, 100% that. I was going to say this is a time when it's going to be tempting to just eat processed foods, comfort foods. You know, mm. a lot of people go to that when they're sad, when they're stressed. And it's the number one time when you shouldn't do that. So yeah. I know it's going to be really tempting to just try, she, she might want to just be like, hey, well, I just want to stay home and eat ice cream or, you know, it's going to make me feel better. Well, really you have to think long-term and what makes you feel better is the nutrient-dense foods. And I mean, there's good studies. I, I like to interview some of these uh, scientists, like neuroscientists, uh, behavior scientists, the psychologists like uh, Georgia Ede, Chris Palmer, the two Harvard people actually, and they talk about how important the foods are to your dopamine system, serotonin, yeah all your mental health. So you got to think long-term about that. Like short-term, it's fun to eat junk food. Long-term for mental health, you need to eat the real food. Yeah, I agree with that. Really good point about reaching for comfort foods when we're in times of crisis, but you know, understanding that health and, and your real why, and it sounds like your real why and your values right now are about creating a beautiful family. So I hope that helps you, Stephen. Best of luck to you and your wife on this journey and stay in touch with us, my friend. Let us know how that goes. Someone from the team will be reaching out to get you some supplements for um, supporting the journey. Our next caller is Matt from West Virginia. Matt, how are we, my friend? What can good we morning. help you, how are you today? Good morning. We're doing very well. How are you? Great. So uh, I'm out here in West Virginia. I've had issues with, uh, with uh, gout for, gosh, since probably 2010, 2011. Mm. Uh, when I was first diagnosed, I was in my 20s. Um, and you know, I've always heard that it was red meat that caused that. And then, you know, I listened to like, uh, Paul and some of the other, uh, you know, medical professionals saying that's completely untrue. And mm. then they, you know, they also say too much sugar and, and fruits cause that as well. And then I heard them say not as well as, uh, that wasn't true as well. So I guess, uh, you know, you know, when I, when I started this animal base back in January, that was a big concern. I was like, yeah. I might have gout issues again. And, uh, uh, so I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to manage that and how to eliminate that from my body altogether. You know, I'd like that to be gone because, uh, it's uh, very hindering and 
honestly, it sucks. Like it's very painful. So yeah, I I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Matt. And we appreciate you being here. Hopefully we can. uh... I'm I'm currently currently taking fire starter and the beef organs right now. And I just put a order in for a whole package and and, then as well. So beautiful. Beautiful. Sounds like you're on the right track with some supplements there. I think what I'd really focus on with something like this is is the fact that you said this has been a long battle. I think you said, you know, we've been dealing with this since around 2010. And what that indicates to me is, you know, it, it is very confusing. Like you said, you'll hear a lot of mixed messages around what is actually the root cause of gout. But the predominant message will be that it's the red meat, it's the saturated fat, it's the cholesterol, right? It's this uric acid being driven up by the processing of that. But when you really actually kind of examine those claims and you look into it, it seems to be very closely linked to metabolic dysfunction and insulin resistance. So you now arrive here in 2023 on an animal-based diet that's prioritizing the one food that the, you know, the standard medical model will tell you to avoid if you're dealing with gout. But how much of this is a consequence of the damage that was potentially done before? Because if you weren't eating, you know, the the right kind of appropriate foods, ancestrally appropriate, animal-based, and you were kind of just like the rest of us that were raised on the standard Western food diet, full of processed food, full of seed oils, really creating that metabolic dysfunction and insulin resistance, it's probably just you going through the healing process now of getting yourself to a place where you're in a pro-metabolic state, you are nutriently um, sufficiently filled through your organ intake, you're getting the right amount of protein, and you're keeping this inflammation low, you're keeping this oxidative stress low, you're healing your metabolism, and you're eliminating, I hope, you know, the processed foods and the seed oils that I think are the real culprit in something like gout. Brian, I'm very curious, you know, mm-hmm. this is obviously something that comes up a lot when you start telling people to eat red mm-hmm. meat, they worry about all of this stuff. What's your take on something like that? Yeah, uh, echo all that. I have multiple personal friends that have completely put in remission. I don't know if you can say cured, but mm-hmm. have had no flares on an animal-based diet. And this is people I've been talking to for five years now about this. Uh, I think it's gout is mainly the high, highly refined foods in your liver and in your liver having to process them, including alcohol. So can I ask, did you drink alcohol? Do you drink alcohol? I have not drank in January at all, Uh, but I I do normally, like I'll drink during football season with some friends or something like that. Um, And that that was one of the calls too. They asked me, you know, when I first went into the hospital with it, they're like, you drink? I was like, yeah, I had 11 yesterday, 11 Miller Lights. So yeah, my, (laughs) after all my interviews and, you know, I'm not the doctor here, but after all my interviews with these doctors, I'm convinced that gout is caused from alcohol, highly refined foods, like highly refined grains and refined fructose, not fruit, Mm -hmm. but refined, like high fructose corn syrup and stuff like that. So I would not be worried about whole foods like meat and fruit. I would be worried about things that your liver hasn't seen in these high amounts for all of history, which would be, yes, high fructose corn syrup, highly refined grains and alcohol. Yeah, I I love that. And I think it sounds like, Matt, you are doing a good job of doing something that sounds like a dry January. And, you know, we're just over the halfway point there. And I would just encourage you, man, to keep running this experiment you know, keep going with that, see what becomes available to you with 30 days without alcohol, 60 days without alcohol and beyond, whilst also including these nutrient dense foods in your diet and trusting the process. Look, it takes us quite a long time to get sick and it takes us a long time to get our health back. But the good news in that is getting back to health is much quicker process than it takes to deteriorate into ill health because the body wants to be healthy. So I'm sure you're well underway hearing the stack that you're taking, hearing the steps that you're taking. And I hope we've just been able to put your mind at ease a little bit that without these pro-inflammatory foods in the diet, to Brian's point, the high fructose corn syrup, these refined sugars, these seed oils that create metabolic dysfunction, and this commitment to living alcohol-free as much as you can. I think you're already on the path to healing, my friend, and we'd love to hear from you. So best of luck on that journey, Matt. Yes, is there any supplements I should stay away from, like on the heart and soil front or any that I should take to maybe uh, go after it a little bit? I mean, not go after it, but to help heal more? Well, with taking. the stack, the stack that you've already got going on there with Firestarter and whole package and beef organs, you're looking really good. There is not going to be anything on our end that you would need to stay away from because, of course, everything that we're designing is designed with our, our medicine in mind, our nature's medicine, these nutrient-dense food that are only designed to help heal. So you don't need to worry about, you know, potentially running into problems by 
you know, cross-pollinating our supplements, so to speak. But I would just say consistency is going to be your kind of um, the, the name of the game right now. Continue on with those stacks. Add in the whole package, which you just said you ordered, and see how you feel after that. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matt. We've got our second Matt on the call today, calling in from Connecticut. Matt, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing good, man. We're excited to hear from you. What have you got for us today? Awesome. Well, I well, you know what? First, I, I just wanted to thank you guys for doing this because there's just I, I've been on this health journey for a while now, and you know I, I've just found that there's just not adequate information out there. So you know what? I, I just I, I just want to start off by saying thank you guys for for you know spreading this information and getting getting the real truth out there. Thank you, man. You know what they say: it takes two to tango. So thank you for mm -hmm. being here. Thank you for asking great questions, and we hope we can help you today. What have you got for us? Of course. Well, um, so, I mean, I, you know, I like, as you know, most of your listeners have probably, you know, been on a health journey that, you know, I guess started with the uh, standard American diet, you know, if I guess you're from the West, uh, you know, then it moved to keto and then vegan. And then I was like, hey, you know what, no, this is working. Let, let's try anti-dieting. You know, like, like, I don't care what you, you're telling me about. I'm just going to follow my body feel. Uh, you know what? And I, I found that that didn't really work either. And so far, the only thing that has actually really worked for me was, you know, a, more of a carnivore animal based mm -hmm. kind of lifestyle, um, you know, and I've just been, you know, following the work of, you know, uh, Paul Saladino, you know, after reading the carnivore code and then, you know, I kind of uh, got into the whole Ray Pete and, you know, George Dinkoff. I'm not sure, you know, if your listeners are familiar, but, you know, he really has uh a way of breaking down repeat information that's yeah. just, you know, very uh, consumable. Um, so, I mean, my question on the, you know, this health journey is, you know, I, I realized that most everything that was wrong, I guess, you know, if you want to put it that way, from trying the standard American diet and vegan has kind of turned around. And that really the only persistent symptom, I guess, if you want to call it that, that I have are, you know, eye floaters. Mm hmm so I was, you know, I've been toying around with, you know, changing my, my level of carbohydrates, changing my level of, you know, fats and proteins and whatnot, and really just trying to hone in on what is going to fix these eye floaters for me. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess my question would be, um, you know, do you think that that's more carbohydrates or more, you know, proteins and fats in the form of, you know, animal-based foods. I mean, also, um, you can assume that I've gotten, you know, my fair share of organs in yeah. from, uh, you know, heart and soil and whatnot. For, you know, I'm currently taking uh, beef organs, uh, whole package, and, you know, I, I'm looking to add some more if maybe you guys had some recommendations. Um, but, you know, I, I've, I've completely gotten alcohol out of my diet for, a, you know, a few months now. Um you know, I, I know that, you know, things like uh, marijuana are kind of coming into the the mainstream, but I'm I'm saying, hey, let's get that out of my life, too. You know, yeah. so none of that either. You know, I, I kind of like I was like, hey, let's just delete everything. So like coffee went out of my life, but I pretty much that's the only thing that I've introduced back into my diet. I, I've realized that that helps with digestion and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty well on the, uh, you know, the information front but uh you know i'm just looking for you know that little extra bit that's gonna you know help me realize like actual radical health is you know what these these eye flutters they, they seem to be persistent and you know what they've certainly gotten better after you know uh, be, uh becoming more animal based i guess but you know maybe if you had some suggestions i can like you know kick it to the curb really yeah, thank you matt um it sounds like you're well on the path and you're consuming the right kinds of information and kind of like got to go full circle, right? You've got to kind of understand what doesn't work to arrive at the point that this is moving the needle in the right direction. And I think that the fact that you're consuming, you know, organs and an animal-based diet and you're running this N of 1 experiment on your carbohydrate levels is a wonderful thing, you know, to stay curious and to really eliminate certain foods and then add them back in and see how they're going. This is something we absolutely support here at Radical Health because everybody's an individual and everybody's going to respond to different things. 
slightly differently. But I'm going to kind of come at this a little bit out of left field here and maybe surprise you and not focus on it from a nutritional perspective for a minute. I'll hand that over to Brian and actually look more so at a lifestyle because we don't fully know with you know certainty what causes eye floaters. It could be numerous things. It might be something you need to get checked out professionally. It certainly could be something that's going on nutritionally. But I'm very curious as this seems to become a growing problem, problem for people, how much of this is influenced through lifestyle? I mean, if you think about it for a second, how long now we're spending each day staring at screens, for example. I don't know what you do for work and I don't know what your relationship to that is, but it can be common or not uncommon rather for people to be staring at screens for four, six, eight hours a day and also not getting the appropriate doses of natural light in their eyeballs, on the skin, outside, looking at the sky, looking in the direction of the sun. Uh, when they do go outside in the sun, they cover up, right? They wear sunglasses and this disrupts the natural light spectrums. So I would actually say that that, you, you know, that the nutritional stuff is, of course, very, very important. And we want to provide certain nutrients like vitamin A and EPA and DHA and all of that stuff because the retinal cells definitely seem to be some of the cells that age quicker. But I would posit that something might be going on in the lifestyle here between our natural light environments, our screens, the artificial um, exposure to blue lights that can be quite harsh and cause a lot of stress. That could be something going on there. And now I'll let Brian bring that home with potentially any recommendations that he's got maybe more in the realm of the nutritional space. You know, I think it is more lifestyle based. I think sometimes we get too focused on nutrition stuff because it's what we care about but not everything can be nutrition. Yeah, It is most things, but it's not absolutely everything. And I would say, man, you got your nutrition stuff pretty dialed in, right? It sounds like you're on the right path. So I don't actually have any nutrition stuff for you. I'd say, let's, let's focus on the lifestyle stuff, possibly good, good ideas. And then I say just time, like, I mean, it's not going to happen overnight and it sounds like you've already had some improvement. So let's just give, give it some time. Yeah, Matt, I know that's uh, sometimes borderline frustrating because we, what do we want? And when we want it is usually now. But like Brian said, it seems like you're really on the right path and consistency and time will take care of the rest. If you do reflect on that answer about potentially these lifestyle factors, then there's your potential solution. There's something to work for. Okay, you know, how soon after waking am I getting outside and exposing my eyes to natural light? If I am the kind of person that is working on a screen six to eight hours a day, Maybe it's time to look at investing in some blue light blocking glasses, you know, the clear lenses that just reduce a little bit of eye strain. Those would be some of the solutions right now because to hammer home on these nutritional things that you're doing, I don't think we'd be able to go much further than you've already taken yourself. It sounds like you're really dialed in. You're getting the organs in the diet. You've removed the refined foods and the processed seed oils. So I think you're doing pretty good, man. Let's look at lifestyle and see how that lands for you. All right. And our final caller for the day is Randy from Arizona. Randy, welcome to the show. What can we help you with? Yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my question. Um, just have kind of a general uh, question, I guess. Um, I'm 67 years old, and I've been blessed with uh, really good health and genetics. And just in the last year or two, I started to come to terms with my mortality. Mm. And um college athlete, and I... You know, I'm at the point where I can maybe pinch more than an inch on my belly and um, thinking maybe it's starting, it's time to start thinking about uh, taking my diet and, and health more seriously and stop relying on, on what I, I consider to be um, just basically my good genetics. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Randy. There's an old Chinese proverb, you've probably heard it, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the next best time is now. So I'm really celebrating you for just deciding that it's never too late to get healthy and it's never too late to reclaim your radical health, even at 67 years old. I'm sure you want to age gracefully and healthy and vibrant and do all of that fun stuff. So you're in the right place, my friend. So that where I want to go immediately with this is looking at the first two steps of our seven-step pyramid, which is essentially, you know, are we eating organs first? right? It's a, it's a low-hanging fruit behavior to kind of clear up nutrient deficiencies. At 67 years old, if you've been just relying on your genetics and being this athlete and just kind of not paying that much attention to your food, I think it's pretty safe to say that you've probably experienced exposure to a lot of seed oils over your lifetime, a lot of refined foods, a lot of gluten, a lot of non-organic compounds, etc. 
And that can rob you of nutrition. It can create a state of inflammation internally, which can slow the metabolism down. You referred to, you know, pinching an inch, you know, this stuff catches up with us, right? So the one-two combination of adding in those organs so that you can clear up nutrient deficiencies and really kind of rev up those internal engines again. So you have the energy to get back into your athletic background, get back into moving, walking, hiking, whatever it is that you love to do with the second step and removing the processed foods. I think if you hit these two pieces, you're going to feel immediately better straight away. Almost within days, you're going to notice a, a, a more vitality and youthful energy coming back into your life. So removing those packaged foods that we were talking about with Brian, the things that can sit on the shelves for decades, the things that are just not really, you know, nutritionally dense because they're not really coming from nature. So at this point, I want to hand it over to Brian to see what he would add to that. Mm -hmm. There's our low-hanging fruit. And then what would you add there, Brian? Well, I want to ask about your diet right now because I, I, I think people know what they're eating that's wrong. So what are the biggest problem foods you're eating and what is your diet like? Yeah, well, I have to say probably my weak spot is maybe pastries. Um, <laughs> just terrible, I know. But um, mm -hmm. I, I eat semi-health healthy um you know I, I enjoy a good salad i'm not afraid to order a salad when i go out for dinner and um i i, I like bread and um i guess the, the starches i'm kind of addicted to maybe and i need to maybe wean myself off of those and what is your so, meat intake like um but, um yeah i'm not afraid to eat meat uh i enjoy steak and and you know hamburgers but the I'll be honest, the idea of organs, I think I've been probably programmed to be a little squeamish about that. And um, maybe it's time to take a, a look at that and see what kind of benefits I can might come from that. Yeah, well, it, it sounds like, I don't want to be rude, but it sounds like you're kind of just eating the standard American diet. You know, you're eating pastries, you're eating the bread, you're, you know, everyone likes eat meat, you know, once in a while, but it doesn't sound like you're making it a priority like we do around here. And and then the organs too. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't crazy about organs five years ago and then now they're part of my life. So it is a journey and there are ways to make them, you know, easier to eat. I mean, the, the easiest way, I guess, just to plug you guys is just taking a pill, yeah. right? There are other ways though. I don't like to immediately resort to pills and you can sneak it into ground beef. If you like burgers, you know, maybe you can get some liver in the burgers or stuff like that. But yeah, definitely sounds like You've been relying on genetics and you, you should be looking at making some pretty radical changes. Uh, I, I think you didn't hear what we were talking about earlier, but I mean, if you can take out the bread and the pastries and add in more meat, that's my easy fix. Like, let's just add more protein and then take out the most refined parts of our diet. You got anything else? Yeah, I think that that takes most people most of the way, right? I think it's really this prioritization of real food, getting in those nutrient-dense foods, again, prioritizing protein, especially as you start to age. We start to see muscle loss creeping in, right? We start to see sarcopenia creeping in. And hearing your reflection on your current diet, it sounds like there is a lot of that processed food. And, you know, those pastries, albeit delicious, are basically the perfect combination of the refined carbohydrates, gluten contained in most commonly with the seed oils and with the inflammatory fats. So maybe it's time to just look at doing a little bit of elimination experiment, you know? And we don't need to be perfect with any of this because what we do most matters most. But give yourself a really good time frame here to really deprioritize those foods, to take out the breads from the diet, to take out the pastries from the diet, and to double down on the real food. Don't be scared to add an extra serving of protein to your meal. Don't be scared to ditch the salad that you said you're eating for lunch and maybe go for the hamburger without the bun or order the steak. Um, you know, really prioritize that. It's going to make you feel full. It's going to give you the vitality back that you want and get you moving again so to, to brian's point just eliminate that processed food really get clear with yourself where that's sneaking itself in address why that's coming in sometimes usually just because it's very easy it's very convenient and it tastes delicious but ask yourself is that really what you want in the long run you're reflecting now about aging really well and aging with health and vitality so we've got to sacrifice a little bit but the thing we get back on the other side of that won't even seem like a sacrifice in the long run because you're going to be feeling better than you've probably felt in 20 years so best of luck on your journey randy deprioritize that and circle back with us we'll get you feeling good and what we'd like to do is is get you some um, of those organ supplements to help facilitate and on ramp you into this lifestyle because i bet within a week of taking those you're going to feel like a kid again with your energy levels 
So get after it, Randy. We'll see you soon. So Brian, thanks for jumping in on some mm -hmm. of those callers with us. You can see pretty quickly, right, some reoccurring themes. And it's to your point earlier in our conversation, the biggest thing is this processed food piece, right? It's mm -hmm. everywhere. It's very hard for people to get over. It's just, it's so pervasive in our culture. So what kind of closing thoughts or, mm. or finishing statements or sentiments would you have take home for the listeners, a closing message, anything that is just empowering to just mm -hmm. break this spell and to stand up and rebel against big food? Yeah, you know, change is hard. No one wants to change, like going to a new job, super hard, nerve wracking, yeah. anxiety. But once you get that job, you get comfortable with your coworkers. Yeah. It's great, super fun, you, you know, you're happy. I think that's what's a lot of people are afraid of with diet. Yeah. In the beginning, they're like, yeah, but I eat bread. This is my thing. Yeah. I love pizza. That's my thing. Or this is how I grew up. Or, you know, they have a million excuses. I get it. Change is hard. But when you get to the other side, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't miss bread anymore. Yeah. Like, I thought I was going to be ruined for life. But I, I just have no interest in bread. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't serve me. It doesn't, it doesn't like just tickle my fancy anymore you know it's just whatever so yeah. yeah i think that's my closing words for people it seems hard in the beginning but when you get to the other side you'll never miss it and you'll feel amazing yeah because i think what you're really saying is right nothing tastes as good as healthy feels like it feels amazing to be healthy and initially it seems so restrictive right it seems like but i'm giving up my croissant and i love it so much and it's Maybe you love the mouth pleasure of it. Maybe you love the instant gratification, but do you love everything that comes with that? Do you love the low energy state? Do you love feeling kind of bleh? Mm -hmm. Do you love the way your body looks and feels? And maybe the answer to that is, well, no. And maybe what we really need is to hold a higher vision for ourselves of like, just like you said, I can compare who I was, you know, when I started this to who I am now. And I wouldn't change that, even though you might've been eating some delicious things along the way, but now you feel healthy and you can't, you can't change, like there's nothing worth more than that, right? I truly believe that health is wealth. So hold on to that vision. Know that, yeah, making change, to Brian's point, is very difficult, but it's necessary that you make change. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. And we're trying to empower you with the changes you need to make so you can live your radical health. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have you, man. Could you please tell our audience where they can keep up to date with everything that you're doing with Food Lied, where they can keep up to date with Brian? Where can they find you? Where should they go to continue learning about this incredible topic? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Food Lies. Just search for Food Lies wherever you are. Go to the YouTube channel. You can check out our intro to the film. It's amazing. Food Lies on Instagram and Nose to Tail. Nosetail.org. Get that good meat. And uh, yeah, thank you. Get that good meat. Fight the system. Reject the food lies. Thank you very much, fam. We'll see you soon. All right, friends, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Radical Health Radio. We got a fresh new podcast for you every Wednesday. If you enjoyed the show, consider liking, subscribing, reviewing, and rating us on your podcast platform. It helps us spread this message of radical health. We'll see you next week.